that, that's what an estimated 500 horsepower sounds like. How about that? That's a premium banging Olufsen sound system with 18 speakers and a Biosonic sound experience. And that, that's our legacy. You ready to be a part of it? Unlock the energy of the all-electric ZDX Type S. Order now at Acura.com. You might not think that a few simple words could make you crave McDonald's breakfast sandwiches. But if you listen closely to the sound of me saying, McGriddles, McMuffin, you might be wrong. This summer, we got an email from an old teacher pal of ours. I was like, I should email those guys. They might find this interesting. <laughs> this is Jason Stern. He's a social studies teacher in Hellertown, Pennsylvania. Jason Stern is a friend of the show, and we got to speak to his brilliant students back in 2021. Yeah, that's right. That was basically a lifetime ago. <laughs> anyway, Jason sends us this email with the subject line, might find this interesting, dot, 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 dot. A five-dot ellipsis. And I was like, okay, what you got for us, Stern? And what he got for us was this. Just sitting home on, I believe it was on just a school night. And uh, checked my email. And we got an email from our superintendent. And it was sent out because I'm a uh, teacher and a parent in the district. So it was sent out to all the community members. And it said that just wanted to make everybody aware that the group called the After School Satan Club uh, will be holding meetings at our school district, on our school district campus, after school. Satan had come to town. But that is not the reason that Jason was emailing us. Though, to be fair, it probably would have been enough to pique my attention. No, Jason reached out to us to say that the story of what happened at Saucon Valley Middle School, where he works, was dripping. And yes, he used all caps in his email. With civics. And we host a show called Civics 101. We sure do. And this is that show. I'm Hannah McCarthy. I'm Nick Capodice. And today we bring you the dripping with civics story of what happens when the satanic temple wants to enrich young minds in an after-school setting. So back to that fateful night and the email from the superintendent. Not sure if she gave dates or not, but she said this will be occurring. Our lawyers have said this is what we need to do. We need to allow this group to come onto our school district and use our facilities. The After School Satan Club in Hellertown, Pennsylvania. Not lost on me, not lost for one second, and sure not lost on the media, and we'll get to that later. Now, okay, this email from the school was saying, you know, just FYI, we have to allow them to come in. Yeah, like right off the bat, in case there was any doubt as to whether or not the After School Satan Club would arrive without controversy or concern, this superintendent is broadcasting 
uh, we have to let them be here. So in other words, clearly some people are not going to want them here. We're going to begin here with the controversy over one group's plan to host a gathering for young children at a Lehigh Valley school. The after school Satan Club was granted permission to meet at Saucon Valley Middle School next month. And as you might imagine, the reaction to this pretty swift. Associating it with such a figure that we commonly equate to being evil. So before we go any further into this tale, Hannah, you mentioned the Satanic Temple, which it sounds like is the parent organization of this club. Now, I hear temple, and I think religion. Is this indeed a religious group? Great question, because as I learned on this very show, being a religious group, specifically a church, is something that comes with federal designation here in America. And yes... The Satanic Temple is recognized as a tax-exempt church by the IRS. They were founded in 2012, and they are not the same thing as the Church of Satan. And in fact, they've got a whole thing on their website about how they are way different from the Church of Satan, which was established in 1966. This episode is not about that, but if you're really curious, I encourage you to take a look. I will tell you that the Satanic Temple does not believe in or worship actual Satan. They use Satan as a literary device. Okay, well, that last part you said there, that does seem relevant to this episode. What does that actually mean? What that means is that they use Satan as a symbol in order to, according to their website, quote, encourage benevolence and empathy, reject tyrannical authority, advocate practical common sense, oppose injustice, and undertake noble pursuits. Now, I saw in the news that a satanic gathering in Boston in April of 2023, it got a lot of attention, in part because they ripped up a Bible and a pro-police flag. Well, you've probably heard of Comic-Con, but how about Satan-Con? Starting tomorrow, hundreds of members of the Satanic Temple will be in Boston, their convention coming to Copley Place. And as WBZ's Tammy Mutasa reports tonight, Boston's Christian community is asking their faithful to respond with prayer and not protest. And that event was organized by the Satanic Temple. The Archdiocese of Boston, and uh, for those of you who did not grow up in a Boston Irish Catholic household like old Hannah McCarthy here, that means a division of the Catholic Church, which is basically a group of churches presided over by an archbishop, which is basically a high-ranking Catholic leader. Anyway, the Archdiocese called for intense prayer in response to this event. So we know that the Satanic Temple is not beloved by most Christians. That's right. And not being beloved is also relevant to this story. So let's get back to Jason. So as you can imagine, my teacher text chain started to blow up. The social media started to blow up. People were posting, what is this? How can we do this? There was outrage. There was confusion. There was curiosity. Uh, so came to school next day. It was all a buzz. Everybody was, was sort of talking about it, not quite sure. There was a school board meeting then, a few days later, where it wasn't on the agenda, but people were allowed to, at the end of the meeting, they were allowed to give their comments and uh, ask questions to the school board. So that caught the attention then of the local press and, and more and more people started learning about this. And actually, a couple days later, there was a bomb threat called into the school. Oh, wow, a bomb threat. So this got incredibly serious and scary pretty quick. Incredibly serious. So we had to 
closed the school for a day and they checked it out and, and everything was okay. Later on, it was found out this was someone from North Carolina, I'm in Pennsylvania, who had just seen it on some posting somewhere on the internet and was very upset by it, had no connection to the school whatsoever, but called in a bomb threat on that. So once again, this heightened tensions even more and more and more people got involved. And the school board came back at the next school board meeting and said that the After School Satan Club did not properly distinguish in their advertisements that they were not sponsored by the school district, that this was a non-school district sponsored event. And the school district said, because you didn't make this clear in your filings, you violated the rules of the school district, so we are not going to allow you to have your meetings on our campus. Out of curiosity, Hannah, was the school district's reasoning considered legit? Was this considered a pretty reasonable reason to stop a club from hosting a meeting? Not by the Satanic Temple, that's for sure. Well, once again, <laughs> that heightened things even more than the After School Satan Club, uh, I guess, contacted the ACLU and the ACLU filed, I guess it was an injunction, I'm not a lawyer, in order to stop that from occurring. And they went to court and the After School Satan Club won. And they were allowed to hold meetings after school. Okay, so the ACLU, the American Civil Liberties Union, they were the ones who filed this lawsuit? On what grounds specifically? On grounds that we are quite familiar with. The First Amendment, specifically the Free Speech Clause, and even more specifically, the prohibition against censoring speech based on the objections or reactions of others. The reactions of others being all the hullabaloo in the school district after the superintendent said they had to allow this club. Bingo. As the ACLU put it, the school district bowed to, quote, the heckler's veto. And here is what the judge in this case, John M. Gallagher, had to say. Do you care to read his words, Nick? Oh, absolutely. Okay, hold on. Here we go. <clears throat> Quote, When confronted with a challenge to free speech, the government's first instinct must be to forward expression rather than quash it, particularly when the content is controversial or inconvenient. Nothing less is consistent with the expressed purpose of American government to secure the core innate rights of its people. End quote. Ultimately, the judge agreed with the ACLU that the school district's reasoning for trying to deny the club, that the permission slips failed to make clear that this was not a district-sponsored thing, was indeed pretext for discrimination against religious beliefs. So the after-school Satan Club clubbed? Yep, it held their meetings. I believe they held a total of three or four because by this time we were into the early spring by the time the case went to court and everything was, was settled. And we had some protesters coming out. We could look outside our windows and on the sidewalk across from the school, there was a religious group. I'm not sure what denomination or what they were affiliated with, but there was about a dozen people out there usually on the days that the club would meet, but they were up there other days as well. So the club did meet three or four times. 
There were no major incidents that at least I was aware of seemed to go fairly smoothly. And sort of that took us to the end of the year. Now we're going to get into the real reason that Jason was emailing us after the break. But just a quick reminder to our listeners, if any of you out there are lovers of ephemera or trivia, Hannah and I put all the stuff that doesn't make it into our episodes into our newsletter. It's called Extra Credit. It comes out every two weeks. It's fun. It's free. You're going to love it. Sign up at our website, civics101podcast.org. That's what an estimated 500 horsepower sounds like. How about that? That's a premium banging Olufsen sound system with 18 speakers and a Biosonic sound experience. And that, that's our legacy. You ready to be a part of it? Unlock the energy of the all-electric ZDX Type S. Order now at Acura.com. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. At participating McDonald's. Hey there, everyone. Hey, folks. The whole Civics 101 team is here in D.C. for a week. That's why you hear cars and stuff whizzing by. Uh, We are in the district to talk to the people that we talk about on a daily basis. And a lot of those people work in the executive branch. That is the largest employer in the world. And a lot of those people work in the civil service, where, after the assassination of James Garfield, it's a long story, they take an exam to make sure that they are the right person for their job. But if you run a business, and you're not the federal government, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all, but to match instead with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. 23 hires are made on Indeed every minute, and their matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use it, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash civics. Just go to Indeed.com slash civics right now to support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash civics. Terms and conditions apply. You need to hire. You need Indeed. We're back. You're listening to Civics 101, and we are talking about the after-school Satan Club in Hellertown, Pennsylvania. Now, for inquiring minds out there, here is what the club is about. Jason told us that the Satanic Temple looks for school districts where religious groups are allowed to meet and says, all right, well, then we can meet there too. The club's pamphlet says that it teaches, quote, free inquiry and rationalism, bolstering scientific understandings of the natural world, and nurturing your child's already awesome ability to be curious about the wonders around them. But see, Jason Stern was not invested in discussing the tenets of the club with his students. I'm a social studies teacher and I do teach civics and just so happened at this time we were studying the amendments. All right, now we're talking civics. So one of the ways I brought it into my classroom because I really had to be careful because this was an event that was affecting kids 
and their families. And it was a very hot button issue. And social studies teachers, especially these days, need to be very careful on how they handle sensitive topics. So whereas in my class, I do do a lot of debates and discussions where kids get to share their opinions. This was not the time for that quite yet. Uh, you know, didn't want kids to, you know, knowing that one kid's mom spoke at a meeting or something like that to point it out. It just was too hot button of an issue. But I couldn't resist bringing it into class somehow. Wait, so how did he do it? Because Jason's right, this is tricky territory. When he says, especially these days, he means it. So-called divisive concept laws are usually about race and sex, but I could see the after-school Satan Club getting a special mention. Yep, so here's how he did it. So I said to myself, we're studying the First Amendment. You have freedom of religion, okay? Even though the, the after-school Satan Club on their website says they are not affiliated with any religion, they're not of the satanic religion, okay? It was still a religious issue. We had a good news club that did affiliate themselves with a religion in our school, and this was a response to that. So we had the, the freedom of religion, freedom from religion, sort of pop out here right away. First Amendment lesson number one, let's think about this on a freedom of religion basis. Number two? Uh, freedom of assembly. Uh, we had protesters outside the school. We had people with signs. We had people assembling at school board meetings in order to show they were pro or con this issue. So assembly was front and center as well. Number three. Speech. Speech was all, was all over the place. We had speech uh, on social media. We had speech at school board meetings. We had speech uh, in the town. People were talking about it. People got to express their opinions, uh, pro, con, or otherwise, on this issue in a variety of places. I feel like number four is pretty obvious. Uh, press. The press was there. We had the local TV stations. We even had, uh, we're outside of Philadelphia. We had the Philadelphia uh, TV stations into our school board meetings. Uh, we even ended up in the New York Times and the New York Post, of all places, articles uh, concerning this issue. So, you know, the press was there. All right, Nick, can you guess number five? Yeah, there's only one left, Hannah. Uh, does freedom of petition say hello here somehow? And and finally, petition. The after-school Satan Club petitioned the school in order to uh, to meet there. They filed petitions in court uh, when they were denied uh, that access. I that's so interesting to me. All five freedoms cropping up in response to one after-school club. That is without a doubt dripping with civics, Hannah. And when I asked my students to try to point out, you know, well, you've all been watching this in the news, you've been seeing the social media posts, they were pretty quick to be able to identify the different ways that this case showed the five rights in the First Amendment. And as a social studies teacher, that made me very happy. <laughs> I am really curious, though, given the controversy around the club itself, how did Jason's students do in terms of using it as the basis of a First Amendment civics lesson? 
Like, did the classroom just dissolve into argument? I admittedly did a little bit of bobbing and weaving when that came up, just because it it's a high button issue, uh, and I didn't want to alienate any kids. Because when we discuss topics that are controversial in class, I'll obviously give a lot of background. Here's how I want it to be handled, but I felt like this one just was it was it was too close to home at the moment. So curious the kids were definitely curious about it and intrigued by the spectacle of it but as far as opinions none came out that i heard and said you know oh this is horrible or this is wonderful jason actually mentioned the fact that even though the school board meeting about this did have some moments of tension nothing happened that would have as he put it gone viral he says people were pretty respectful in conversation about this. Respectful in conversation about something that calls itself the after-school Satan Club. I have to say, Hannah, I am pleasantly surprised to hear such a thing in America in the 2020s. Actually, to that point, something that calls itself the after-school Satan Club. Did Jason talk about the name with his students? I'm in, so I'm in. In Saucon Valley School District, but the town we're in is Hellertown, so people were making reference that, um, <laughs> you know, the devil comes to Hellertown. Uh, but yes, they were, I think, shocked by it. It's really something I think most hadn't really thought about before or, or seen before. And quite honestly, I think that was part of the reason that this satanic club chose Satan, because it got them in the newspapers that got them on TV. And that's another thing I tell my kids when we're, we're talking about the First Amendment rights and we talk about protesting and assembly, you know, why does someone dress up or make a big spectacle or whatever? I ask them that and finally we come to the because because that's the one that's going to get on TV. That's the one that's going to get, you know, the picture on the internet of them. So I think kids, yes, they, they were shocked by it or just once again, intrigued. This is intriguing. You know, in our separation of church and state episode, I talked about religious expression in a public school context. Specifically, the most recent Supreme Court case about it, Kennedy v. Bremerton School District, which did allow a government employee to engage in prayer on school grounds and on school time. Basically, the idea there was, if the school does not prohibit comparable secular speech, they can't prohibit religious speech. So did lawsuits like this come up during the after-school Satan Club events? There were definitely other lawsuits brought up in this case. And, you know, we did we did talk a little bit about some of the other court cases, freedom of a expression and things like that. But no, this is different because it's after school. You know, all those other ones occurred during school. This is after school using the property of a public school for religious uses. So... Yeah, it's interesting. I know we did 10 years ago, there was a Bible study that used the school before school. And I just know it because I was the classroom next to the one that was used. And we had a teacher. He didn't teach it, but there had to be a teacher in the room. And he volunteered just to be in the room to supervise. It has happened before. But I do know there were other court cases in other parts of the country about this. 
As far as the constitutionality of after-school religious clubs goes, Congress's 1984 Equal Access Act was passed to protect non-school-sponsored student speech, including religious speech. It was challenged all the way up to the Supreme Court, and SCOTUS ruled that the act was constitutional. While government speech endorsing religion is still prohibited, private speech endorsing religion, even if that religion is a non-theistic organization that uses Satan as a metaphorical construct to symbolize opposition to arbitrary authority, is currently allowable in these United States. May I just say, if there are any other educators out there stumbling into kismet constitutional lessons because of stuff going down behind your schoolhouse gates, we are your ardent audience. Please drop us a line, civics101 at nhpr.org. And if you happen to use a bunch of ellipses in your email subject line, that's good too. Yeah, that worked amazingly well on us. Sure did. We love you, Jason Stern. You're the best. This episode was produced by me, Hannah McCarthy, with Nick Capodice. Christina Phillips is our senior producer, and Rebecca Lavoie is our executive producer. Music in this episode by Roof, Tigerblood Jewel, Pompus Nicelius, Duke Harrington, Will Harrison, Kenzo Almond, Roots and Recognition, and BDBs. Civics 101 is a production of NHPR, New Hampshire Public Radio. That's what an estimated 500 horsepower sounds like. How about that? That's a premium banging Olufsen sound system with 18 speakers and a Biosonic sound experience. And that, that's our legacy. You ready to be a part of it? Unlock the energy of the all-electric ZDX Type S. Order now at Acura.com. You might not think that a few simple words could make you crave McDonald's breakfast sandwiches. But if you listen closely to the sound of me saying, McGriddles, McMuffin, you might be wrong. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.